0: So here we are, and it's only Tuesday—a
1: fresh and exciting Tuesday.
0: I feel like we're doing something really cool. We keep, we keep um, growing in good we ways. Do. In good ways,
1: we do. I also feel like we took a risk today and didn't do a sound check before our podcast started.
0: No, we did. I was watching it while you <laughs> we were talking, so you took a risk. I. Did my job as the recording engineer, and I made sure that the sound was correct. At first, I was a little concerned that I was going to have to adjust it because you were being super loud, and the device hadn't caught up to you yet, so it was pegging the needle, Then all of a sudden, I watched the technology take over, and it just brought the volume right down to where it needed <laughs> to be.
1: It's so
0: really good.
1: I'm not super loud.
0: Well, you were at that moment. Not usually. Mm. But, you, you know, know I- what, what did you call today as far as a Tuesday? I can't remember. Uh, I don't remember either. It was like a super Tuesday or something like that.
1: Fabulous, splendid, miraculous,
0: And why do you say that?
1: I don't know. I'm just in a good mood today. And I really wasn't in a good mood yesterday. And I did the same amount of work both days. So...
0: So what's the difference?
1: Less people asked me to do things today. That's good. So, like, yesterday, I'd be working away... Doing some things, and then all of a sudden, three people would pop up on Slack and be like, "Blah blah 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 blah." And I was just, you know how I am when I'm distracted when I've been focused, and you know how annoyed I get, and I get all stressed out. And then people were like, like one client specifically, who's just given me a new set of tasks. Messaged me on Slack, then messaged me in a group chat on Slack, and then texted me because I hadn't answered soon enough because I was in the middle of something. And it was just. My head felt like it was going to explode. Today, nobody asked me. How did you handle that? I ignored his text message for about an hour and then I got back to him on Slack and said I was busy and in the middle of something.
0: That's the way. But it didn't stop me
1: from getting distracted and getting No, annoyed. I understand yeah. that.
0: But that's how you have to handle that stuff. Because eventually right. they'll stop that bullcrap.
1: Like, when you message me at 4 a.m., that's when your first message comes through, 4 a.m. our time, and you know I'm in the Pacific Time while you're in Eastern. I feel like expecting me to have answered you any time before 9 a.m. is a little bit unrealistic.
0: 9 a.m. Eastern Time?
1: No. He knows I work Pacific Time hours.
0: Oh, so you're saying that's what I was asking, it was a question. Yeah. Nine AM Eastern time question mark. No. And you're saying no, nine AM our time. So noon his time. Right. I totally agree with that. And think about what you just said. He knows not to expect but think about beforehand. what you just said. He messaged you at four AM his time.
1: No, well, four AM our time.
0: Oh, uh, he had originally said four a.m. so okay, it's still the same. That's five hours before he should expect a response. Five hours.
1: And he'd he'd texted at around eight thirty. That was when I got the text message that I ignored until about nine thirty, a reasonable time for somebody in Pacific time to be answering, and it was all fine. He didn't care. So
0: that's interesting. That someone would expect. I was reading a note from Mark. I know he's on schedule. So, what happened today that that was so special?
1: Nothing said, special happened. You
0: said it was a super splendid or whatever Tuesday. What happened?
1: Nothing new happened.
0: Nothing new at all happened today. At all. Nothing. I don't know. I mean, we only talked about this. Now now the people are going to get a rant.
1: Nothing new. We only
0: fucking talked about this before the show started. You were asking about and my day, not
1: way. about your day.
0: And then I asked you, what well, you weren't part of today?
1: I'm sure I was, but it seems like your thing to talk about, not mine.
0: And I wasn't clearly throwing it in your lap for you to talk about it. Fifty-seven Man, times. Throwing you back. My God. Tell you people, she's gonna get fired again.
1: I can't believe happen. if you're gonna fire me. Psycho.
0: You could. could. But this time you won't get hired back.
1: You didn't hire me back last time.
0: Yes, I did. I didn't ask you for You were on job the very back. next day. You don't have to ask for your job back <laughs> to be rehired. I just Brought you in and had I you do to the show. I approve
1: being rehired.
0: Yogi and I had the discussion. He's the CEO of Yogi's Podcast Network, not you. Oh, I see. He and Parker. Parker's on the board. Parker went to bat for you, by the way.
1: I'm sure he didn't. He did. Blasphemy. Parker doesn't like me at all.
0: <laughs> so. We've had to make some tough decisions in like the past. I don't know. Five months. Right. Maybe a little bit longer.
1: Eh, give it five months.
0: It's been a rough year. Let's just start there. How about that? It's been a rough year. 2018
1: or the last twelve months?
0: The last twelve months. Okay. Because, you know, a little more than fourteen months ago. A little right. less than fourteen months ago, actually. Um the world kind of caved in on our head. Right, and it went unexpected
1: avalanches, and it
0: went from like a month prior to that being amazing, right, and exactly what we needed to a shitstorm, pretty much like a thirty day period,
1: literally dog poo hitting a fan, crazy
0: crap (laughs) went on, like it was insane, and then we did what anyone would do. You know, it was unfortunately the end of the year and it was like, well, it was literally like 12 days before the end of the year.
1: December 19th.
0: Yeah, so 12 days, 12 mm-hmm. days. So knowing full well, I mean, you even confirmed it when I talked to a few recruiters, you could hear them say, well, I'm going to send your info, but I'm not expecting to hear back from anybody till the first of the year. I'm not expecting to hear back right. from anybody till the first of the year. So really all I did to put my name out there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: trigger the recruiter calls, and then kind of keep the calls as short as possible. Like I, I can control that. It's either, you know, so have you done C-sharp? Yes. Or have you done C-sharp? Yes, I've used it on multiple projects where I've had to X, Y, Z. See the difference? So you yes. can control. You can make that call a phone interview, mm-hmm. which was the second example, or... Fact finding. Okay, great. Yep. Okay. Well, I turned it into fact finding because I knew at the end they were going to say, "Well, I'm going to send your info over, but we probably won't hear back from the manager until you know right after the first of the year, right? If we're lucky, you know, if we're really lucky, we'll hear back like the week between Christmas and New Year's, but we're not going to hear back before then. Well, why have this long drawn out conversation, right? So then we went down, we went down that path of like kind of relaxing and. I shouldn't say relaxing. Kind of trying to recover from the shock of what had gone on. You and know? the
1: bullshit in the months before. Yeah.
0: You know, just trying to recover from that. And it was a smart move on her part. Because then, you know, January came and um, started, you know, actively right. interviewing. And... Um, but unfortunately, at some point, it became really obvious. And I remember what the trigger became. Yeah. You know, the trigger was that one interview that I went on where I went through like three phone screens before the actual interview. And on the phone screens, I talked to like three different key personnel at that place, including their CEO. Right. Then I got called in for an in in face to face interview. Clearly they liked me. Clearly. Or they wouldn't call me in for a face to face. So they call me in for the face to face and then they have me meet with two of the team members. Who, I'm sorry people, but like, they look like they just got out of high school. Quite literally. I mean, they did. And I'm not very good, especially with females, at judging their age below 30. Above 30, I get pretty good, accurate. But below 30, I'm like... Toddler. 27. And they're like, I'm 19. Oh, shit. I'm way off. Like, 8 years. That's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the truth. that's how I am. But they're both. Their her age was something I couldn't figure out. I just know she's young. Okay. Okay. And same with the guy. He was probably in his mid twenties. Okay. Okay. And they asked me technical questions. I answered them. They gave me a test that was supposed to take me ten minutes. I finished it in a minute and thirty two seconds hundred percent.
1: Needless to say, you were impressive. So
0: they they were, even the team members, oh my gosh, I've never seen anybody get that right. You know, that's always people miss that one question. I can't believe you got that right. And we only know the answer because they give us the answer. You actually got it right. You know, they kept saying that. Then I'm driving and then the recruiter's like, oh my God, you know, the guy's in love with you. You know, I'm guaranteed that, you know, he's he's now confirming with the accounting department and the CFO what he can afford to pay you. And he's going to come back with an offer. A few hours later, it was, well, they've decided that you would not be a good cultural fit for their team. (sighs) Yeah. So I say to him. Sounds more like they decided that I'm too old for their team. And this recruiter, who will go nameless, <laughs> said to me, this is off the record, but I tend to agree with you that that's what the issue was. Right. And that was when we decided we needed to try to do things ourselves well
1: because at that point it became unreasonable to continue pursuing employment with other people
0: now throughout all of that we've had our ups and downs but we've always come out okay and but recently we've come like probably starting in the end mid to end of October we've had a sort of traumatic traumatic experience with something I knew was a pattern. Just didn't know that the pattern had gotten doubled in size. Right. Used to be the month of December was super, like, crappy. When I think about this year, if all we had to stress about was December, we wouldn't have stressed. We would have cruised right through it.
1: Right.
0: We had to stress because it was November and December that were deadly. Okay. But in any event, you know, I'm a big... There was
1: one event that triggered a lot of that.
0: Yes. So
1: that's a thing but
0: but exactly and that it still would have been lean but it would have been doable um but i'm a big believer that when you go through things like that if you don't analyze the experience a little bit so that you learn something from it well then it was a it's kind of a sad thing that you went through it but if you take the time to look at what happened and figure out how you could have done things better What you needed to do better.
1: You can turn those lemons into something that resembles lemonade. You could turn the
0: lemons into lemonade. And so we're kind of coming to a culmination of that stretch of thinking that we've been going through. And if you remember, if you remember, I used a good portion of December to learn some new skills. Right. One of which was editing my own audio on my podcasts. Right. And at some point I came to that conclusion that I wanted to make this life change and you know you supported me and we talked about it on this show we've talked about it more in detail on the chatting with Mike and Toria, which if you like what we do here what we do there is similar but different it's and that's more unfiltered why, and that's why you have to pay for it so you know go check it out imzoo.com shameless plug um, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> By looking at something and figuring out, you know, where we were at, we've been able to like, I spent December also saying, you know what, honey, what we used to do at my old job was use these vital factors. And you were like, what the heck's that about? And I said, well, basically it's like, you know, you're, you're measuring something, so you're managing it. And right, it's kind of like the discussion I had with you earlier about something about having goals brings your focus onto that goal. And so... That's what the vital factors thing is aimed at. You know how, like, when you go to the doctor, what do they always do? Take your vital signs. They take your blood pressure, your pulse, and listen to your breathing, right? So your respiratory rate. You do those three things.
1: They listen to your breathing every time you go to the doctor? Yep. Dr. Matt's slacking.
0: So, okay. So, So listen. So listen. But the point is, then they log down your blood pressure and your pulse. Right. That's going to show them over time, uh uh-oh, there's an issue developing. Right. right? Well, that's what vital factors are. Instead, Those are called vital signs. These are vital factors. And the whole purpose of the vital factor is you're taking the pulse of the business on a regular basis to see how it's doing. And then you're able to react to problems. Had we been doing that last year, we could have been oh, crap, we better, we're not, you know, business isn't growing at the rate it was growing. We better pull back some of that money and stick it in a savings account.
1: Well, hindsight is completely 2020, of course. That day we sat at the laundromat figuring out how we were going to do all of this is probably when we should have started the vital
0: factors. Yes. I completely agree.
1: But you know what? Better late than never.
0: But that's the point. That's exactly the point I'm trying to make right now. Yep. Is that we, we've we gone through, and we've put that into play.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's brought a super laser focus to the business. And it's enabled us to make a decision that we needed to make. And I mean, I'm not going to go into details about what it's about anywhere. It's our personal business. But I will say that it comes down to this. You, You have to be true to yourself And you have to make sure that when you're making business decisions that you're putting yourself first. And I'm going to put it to you this way, guys. If you're married, male or female, when I say put yourself first, I'm talking about you, your spouse, and your family. It's a faster way to say it than every single time I mention that I have to say. And you put you, yourself, your spouse, you know, you, your spouse, and your family first, blah, blah, blah. No, it's just. Put yourself first. And yourself, if you're married with kids, is, multiple people. is multiple people. Okay? so I'm telling you, you got to put yourself first. You have to make the decisions that affect your well-being. And that can even mean, and that's one thing that was asked of us tonight that helped a lot, is, you know, money or peace of mind. Right. And let's face it, in my way of analyzing that, if you're on the verge of being homeless,
1: you're not you're going to have mind. peace of
0: mind. So at that point, you're going to need the money, right? But the, overall, when you choose peace of mind, I think at that point you're saying the money's in a good place. The money's okay. It may not be magnanimous, but it's where it has to be to get get you by.
1: There's the pyramid of basic, the pyramid of needs, right? And the base of the pyramid is the base needs like right room, and those are being shelter met. comfort <clears throat> those things i think there's one more but i can't yeah. remember what it is. as long as those are met you can you can have
0: right and i think that's where we were at and that's why you have you know peace and comfort right i i really think you know peace of mind i really think that's what you need is peace of mind and by going and being more analytical about what we're doing and focusing on things we're being smarter and like like I said I learned in reading the marketing book like you have to think big and go for the things that you want if you as long as you've looked at them okay i'm not talking about willy nilly honey you know what i'm going to here here's a good example of willy nilly you know what i've decided i'm giving up everything that we're doing and i'm going to go work out 8 hours a day Because next September, I'm winning Mr. Olympia. And we're going to be set for life. Except that they don't pay Mr. Olympia that much, that you're set for life. And there ain't no way in hell I'm going to get to be Mr. Olympia in a year. If I trained 24 hours a day and took all the drugs, I wouldn't become (laughs) Mr. Olympia in one year. Okay? So, my point is, that's a whim. Oh, my God, you're an insane person's um, decision. But sitting down and saying... Let's say you came to me and you said, you know what? I decided Cypress College is right there. I want to go take some classes on such and such so I can get my skills up more on that.
1: Not unrealistic.
0: And when here it comes. Here it comes, babe. For some people, they might be like, well, that means you're going to have less hours to, to work. And then you're going to have to pay money to go to school. Well, yeah, it's an investment. In the short term.
1: But if that because, means an increase because, in hourly rate later, Because then? what's
0: going to happen is you're going to come out of there and your $15 an hour is going to become $45 an hour, like right. overnight. Right. And people are going to pay for it because school will also, because of the assignments you have to do, it creates a portfolio for you. Exactly. And let's tell you something. A better portfolio than most people have because think about Ink Master. One of the reasons I freaking love that show compared to any tattoo show any of them is that as we've talked about there's people like our neighbor that he's a brilliant artist like a really good artist
1: but he says but he
0: says he only does black and gray tattoos well i'm sorry just doing that he has the artistic skills from what i see he could be the ink master yep but he has to learn all of those other skills. And I think truly that that's the purpose of the process on Ink Master is they try to teach you that you have to work as a team, right? In order to be a good shop, you have to work as a team. So they do those challenges where they put two people together. Right. That's to prove they can work as a team. Then you have to know certain basic skills in order to qualify as Ink Master.
1: Which is why they give you all sorts of And so they styles. give you
0: different styles of tattooing to do. And you're... Thrown to the wolves to do it right well you coming to me and saying you know i'm going to go to school and then you get this portfolio what's going to be super balanced because you're not going to have just if you let's use the tattooing example you're not going to have just black and gray tattoos because you're going to have gone to the ink master school of tattooing and it's going to say you're going to have to do an old school tattoo you're going to have to do a traditional tattoo you're going to have to do this kind of tattoo i want you to do a um, what do they call those ones with the lines? Um, you know, I can't remember what they call it, but they have it has a name. Um, you're going to have to do that kind of tattoo. And then they grade you on it. Well, in the end, you, if, as long as you focus and you do a good job, you're going to have this amazing portfolio of all these different styles. So now he's a great artist and you're, you're just decent, let's say. You go up for a job, guess who's going to probably get the job? You, because you have all of the all of the proof to show you can do anything. Right. So then they go back, like, well, this person's going to make us a lot of money because people are going to come in here and line up to go have that person do their tattoos because they can do anything.
1: Right. And the difference is, really, if you go to college and you take those courses and you build your portfolio while paying money, you build it in four months. Right. But, Quickly. To, build, but to build a portfolio when you're self-taught... Takes years and crap loads of free work.
0: Yeah. Well, and what a lot of people do, like what programmers do. I know a dude that, uh, before there was Facebook, so this was like 2000-ish time frame, maybe. Mm -hmm. My friend registered his family's last name as a domain name. And then he had family all around the country. He created a... portal where they could log in and when they would log in they didn't have to friend request anybody they were automatically connected to each other and you know what if if grandma jones went on went on the com- her computer cuz everybody had to have computers you know cuz the internet was the new thing so everybody had to have a computer so they were buying computers left right and sideways but there's you know aunt june she's our grandma jones whatever i said just now her name was Grandma's there and I wanna upload pictures of my kids to the family portal. I upload them. Guess who gets to see them? Grandma. She gets to see all the kids. She gets to see all the pictures. She gets to see all what's going on. It was and it was just strictly photos, no comments. No comments or anything. And that's what he built was this thing. And I mean it's kind of like it's kind of like Instagram without the ability to add comments, is what it was. But it was like almost 20 years ago, you know? And that's what programmers do. They build things, and then they put it out there, and they'll give, like, screenshots of, look, I built this.
1: Right. I understand.
0: Or they'll even take the data out, put up a sample fake family portfolio, and give the recruiter a login to it. And then they can poke around and present their work. Well, you'd have to do the same thing. You'd have to sit here and, like, those tutorials that you've done or, like, how Alyssa sat down and drew the thingy yogi. You just have to do that stuff and put it up there. Look, this is what I know how to do. This is what I know how to do. This is what I know how to do. That's the only thing you can do. But, I mean, if at some point you came to me and said that, I would ask some questions to see what you had thought about and hadn't thought about. And it isn't a matter of me saying yes or no. It's a matter of me making sure that you're thinking about all the angles Right, and as long as you've thought about the angles and come up with solutions to anything that's an issue, go for it. That's an informed decision, you know. Well, and that's and it's also spending some money, right? But it's an investment, right. and I think that that's one of the things we've learned is that you have
1: to spend a little money to make a lot of sometimes spend a little money to make a lot of money. Well, and,
0: and yeah, but but think about what we were talking about. Like, if you have a client who wants. to pay you, let's say, keep it a round number, $20 an hour. Okay. And what he wants you to do is he wants you to write a blog post. And he wants it to be 500 words, and he wants it to be on this topic. If you can give that blog post to a $5 an hour virtual assistant, and that virtual assistant gets it done in an hour, let's say, that gets you, that costs you 5 bucks. Right. Okay. You're charging the client 20 bucks for the hour. So that technically gets you $15 an hour. But if we're really on the ball, it's probably more like fourteen fifty because you're going to have to add in there somehow the few minutes that you spend reviewing it, fixing the English a little bit, putting headings right. in and stuff. Like I did for today, it took me like 10 minutes right. to do that. So the total total was an hour and 10 minutes. And that's how I would figure out my actual... Cost Because I'm only billing the client an hour. So, that's $20. I'm paying her an hour. That's $5. But I really spent an hour and 15 minutes. So, I should be billing the client $24.
1: Right.
0: So, it actually, you know, I end up making, I should have billed 24. I only billed 20. So, I lose $4. So, it's more like $11 I made. Yeah, but you but, to do $50 but to here's the thing. What if before that guy with the $20 offer showed up, what if I had zero bandwidth? Exactly. I wouldn't have even made the $11. Exactly. And now take that. That's one hour worth of work. Make that for eight hours in a day. Well, guess what's interesting about that? This is where the fear comes in. Oh, my God, you just paid that lady $40 for the day. That's $200 a week. That's $800 a month. How can you afford to sell the, the giveaway 800 dollars a month well you're not
1: really giving it away let's see i'm
0: not giving it away i'm i'm making 11 dollars for every hour that i pay out 5 dollars exactly. i'm wrong clearing with that. an extra 11 dollars after the expenses are paid right. like so in a sense it cost didn't cost me 800 dollars i made 11 dollars an hour times whatever the full time hours in a month is
1: well and i'm working specifically for our virtual assistants, very diligently to make sure that they are doing enough work to cover all, doing enough work for my clients to cover the expense for all of their hours. Well,
0: and it doesn't, and you know what? As long as you don't make the mistake that some people make, which is trusting everything they do, as long as you check everything that they do, Uh even even a year from now, Uh that's the solution is to check everything they do. It takes far less time. Like I gave you the example of how I would do marketing through like Craigslist, like have them go through all the things put in a spreadsheet. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, clicking the link, quickly scanning the um, article and putting an email letter that should be sent there is a million, I can do the whole list faster than I could do like five emails.
1: Right. Right.
0: And so it's worth it. From my time, if my time is supposed to be spent, if you think about this, at $100 an hour, let's say, keeping a round number, well, that means technically we're looking for me to bring in $4,000 a week, technically. But if I spend three quarters of my time um, working on admin stuff that I don't get paid for, well, then I only made 10 times 100, which is 1,000. I made one quarter of what I was supposed to make. So by me paying a small fraction of that right. to somebody else so that I can be freed up to go make the hundred dollars an hour, that in the end it pays off. Like I'm sure like that lady that you're working for, her she must get paid a really nice rate to be able to afford what she pays everybody else.
1: I think so too. I actually know what her hourly rate that she bills is. Well. In reference to mine. Yeah. So she but makes it's a just, decent profit. But it's
0: just interesting. You know what I mean? And it's like it's a it's a good model for right. making for making money. And it's why like like that Matt Staten guy that I talk about, you know, he does all the affiliate marketing stuff and he does the he promotes click funnels and he's come up with his own software. Super nice guy. He has a virtual assistant who runs all of his Facebook groups. Because he's a big believer that, you know, if I have a software called this, then I should have a Facebook group called this. Right. And he pays that virtual assistant to also drive people into that group. Which makes sense. Well, and it does because he's paying him, you know, maybe let's say he pays him $10 an hour. He's not going to find somebody here in America that's willing to work for that much for $10 an hour.
1: Ever. Ever.
0: But what? But, but to kind of wrap this up and conclude, I mean, I have no idea how much time we've been talking, but I don't really <laughs> care because it's not about that. But, you know, it is getting to that point where we could wrap it up. But to kind of bring it to home, it's like you have to... There comes a point where you have to make choices in life. And you go through this thing that we've gone through and you decide something, you are allowed to look at that decision almost immediately and, and say, "And say, you know what? That is not in alignment with what I believe and I need to not do this. And you can change directions and immediately. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with it. As long as, again, it's an informed decision. It's not a knee-jerk reaction.
1: As long as it's an informed decision and you're still doing what is best for you and your family.
0: It's like I heard about the person that got recommended for a job, took the job, worked one day, and then never showed up for another shift. Right. Now, people can be real indignant about that. But the fact of the matter is, maybe that person found out when they went there that it just wasn't for them. Now, where did they make the mistake? They didn't
1: say anything about not They didn't say anything about
0: it. And especially, especially when you have a, like, here's my thing. If you come to the conclusion, you know, you, you get the job on your own or whatever, and you come to the conclusion that it's just not the place for you, it's not where you're supposed to be. Right. There's nothing wrong with leaving that position right away, like immediately. There's nothing wrong with it. Because the only person you're affecting is you. Right. The company is always going to be affected, but you, you're the one that's getting affected. But if your best friend recommends you to this company
1: then they are and also you get the affected. job
0: and you leave without giving two weeks notice, well, then your friend's being affected. And so if then at that point, what I would suggest to anyone is give the two weeks notice, suck it up, buttercup, work the two weeks. And chances are, I'm going to tell you this, <laughs> under the crazy ass law here, you give two weeks notice, if they terminate you before the end of the two weeks, they still have to pay you the full two weeks salary. Right. So what companies will do 90% of the time is you tell them, you know, oh, it's it's your, let's say it's your fourth day at work and you tell them, this isn't for me, I'm going to be leaving. Um, Here's my two weeks notice because, you know, you want your best friend not to get blacklisted because of it. You give them your two weeks notice. Most companies will say to you, well, thank you for the two weeks notice, but we're not going to be requiring your presence for those two weeks. So here's your two weeks final pay. Right. That's still a bye-bye. So, it actually behooves you to give the notice.
1: Yep. Yep. I got it.
0: But that's in the situation. You know, I don't know. There's just different situations and you have to think them through. And that's what this whole podcast has been about today. It's like take... A lemon and turn it into lemonade, and the only way you or can do that. Or at something
1: that resembles it. Well, and
0: the only way you can do that is to think through the ingredients that have to go in in order for that to happen, and and being bold. And like I said, you know, you, I, I really think it's a basic business concept of return on investment, right? Right. So like we talked about the virtual assistant who does something for five dollars an hour that you're charging twenty dollars an hour for. Well. Return on investment, man. Is it worth having that employee? And then people go, oh, it's so horrible. I can't believe you upcharge what people do. Well, hello, you work at XYZ company doing whatever it is you do. You don't think that your salary is calculated into the charge they give to the customer? No,
1: the business definitely marks up your work. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Every business you work at does this to you. Even the director of information technology's work is getting marked up and included in the price that's going to the customer. Right. And the objective is, let's face it, it's called profit, right? And profit means after you spend, you take your sales and you take out everything, all your legit expenditures, you're left with this money. That's your profit. That means, hint, hint, you paid your employees and are still left with this money. Exactly. And so that's the thing. Return on investment. I'm going to put in this much money. I'm going to get this much money back. And I really think us having these vital factors in place is going to help us get there and get there fast. I agree. So, one last shameless plug (laughs) if you guys need a virtual assistant, or if you need a project manager, or if your company's using NetSuite or Salesforce or you need a website built, or hey, maybe you've got a website and it's pretty and it's nice, but nobody can find you. Then you need SEO help. Or maybe you need SEO help and some help answering your social media accounts because people are upset because they can't find you and yet they have your name. Somehow they can't find you and so they're bombarding your social media pages with where the heck are you guys? Why can't I find you?
1: We can definitely We help can you help
0: you with that at the Web Scientists. So you just send an email to inquiries at webscientists dot net or head over to our site webscientists dot net and on there you can click to get a free quote and all quotes are free and we do things in a professional way. We we you know, do everything under contract where we have our obligations, you have yours, and we promise you will do the best work you've ever seen. Now, I'm also going to throw this out there, that if you live in the 90620 or 90630 zip codes, you get a 10% discount on your first job with us.
1: Seems legit.
0: So that means... If you were to pick a quarterly SEO package, and let's say it was $1,000 a month, and that's $3,000 for a quarter, you get it for $2,700.
1: Friends and family. get and the neighbors.
0: Diff, you get the discount. So there you go. 90620, 90630. If you live in those, and we're going to ask for proof. So, you know, but let's do this. You got anything else to add over there, beautiful?
1: The only thing I want to add, I forgot to tell everybody the absolute highlight of my day.
0: Oh, cool, cool, cool. Go for it. I like good news.
1: I taught the Yog Dog to howl.
0: Yes. Today. Well, I'm not sure you actually taught him.
1: But you I made him do it.
0: Forced him to do it by doing it to him because he doesn't seem to want to do it.
1: I will succeed. There will be a second howl.
0: I hope so, because it sounds like it was cute.
1: It was adorable. So just picture tiny little yog dog howling in a fire engine, and you'll smile. (laughs) Good night, everyone.
0: Hasta la bye-bye. Hey, this is Mike, and I just wanted to tell you that if you enjoyed the show, and I truly hope you did... You can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play and not miss a single episode. But if you happened to miss an episode uh, and you didn't find it on Google Play or iTunes for some reason, you could go to our website, which is thenightlyrant.wordpress.com.